0: Hi, and welcome to Growth, a podcast that seeks to inspire entrepreneurs, interact with ambitious people, and be a source of information that enables you to grow as a company and as an individual. My name is Matthias, and I am your host. In this episode, we will meet Kariana Mellaby, the Director of Growth and Partnerships at Startup Lab. Together, we had an interesting talk about how being in an environment with companies at different stages, sizes, and industries can be beneficial for innovation and for growth. Welcome to Growth, Karianne.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: Many of our listeners know a lot about Startup Lab, but they might not know that much about you. Maybe you can start telling a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, my name is Karianne. I'm uh, currently heading up the partnership program at Startup Lab, in addition to working with all the ambitious founders up there. Prior to joining Startup Lab, I had uh, 16 years in telecom and, uh, and then continued on in the financial sector in Telenor and DNB. I had the pleasure of staying in Asia for a couple of years, uh, working on uh, distributing SIM cards uh, in Bangladesh and Pakistan and, uh, and all over in Telenor markets, giving me a lot of learnings and then working on corporate innovation for many years, uh, and now then uh, having the pleasure of working with ambitious tech startups.
0: Great. It's so nice to have you here. Now shortly uh, to those who don't know what is startup lab and how do you help norway create more growth companies
1: first short about startup lab Uh, we're an incubator based in uh, on the campus of Oslo university and Oslo science park and uh, we are hosting um, at any given time almost 100 ambitious tech startups Um, they are about two to three people on the team And they're staying with us for 12 to 18 months on a continuous uh, uh, application-based timeline.
0: That's very exciting. And how do you in general help growth companies accelerate growth?
1: Some of them know that there are limitations on the team, of course, that there are many things that they don't have the capacity to solve. Yeah. So uh, they're looking for a community where they will get help with their um, accounting and their, uh, you know, legal questions and more practical parts of setting up the company. Yeah. Uh, some of them are very, or are maybe looking for the the seed investor or an early stage investor, and that might be Startup Lab or somebody in our network. Uh, some are also looking for the serendipity effect of being in a larger community. So they know that there are limitations of staying at home, the two, the two of them, nothing will happen yeah. uh, <laughs> without them organizing it. Yeah. Being in a bigger community, you will always have, you know, people bumping into you by the coffee machine or during lunch hours, or you're invited to something and something good happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah, nice. And um, obviously Startup Lab is for startups and it's early phase startups. How early phase would you say it is? Or do they do they have a client? Do they have a portfolio of clients already? Or where where are they in positioning their products? Uh,
1: to simplify, I usually uh, explain this with having three milestones. So first is the the ID pops up, and yeah. then you are still at home or in your garage, or you're working late hours in your office <laughs> <laughs> on your scum, uh skunk project, <laughs> and then. Then you are ready to apply for a membership at Startup Lab when you are just just before you are reaching out to your first customer. Okay. So uh, if you picture this, your, yourself together with me on the team, and then we have come up with this great idea, and we have been working on uh, producing our prototype or the the, the MVP of the product. And then we're going out to see if somebody would like to pay for the things that, we, that you and me have created. And that's a very critical, of course, milestone for a company because if, if nobody wants to pay for it, it's not of commercial value. So then we can just, you know, lay everything down. Yeah. And then the next milestone is, of course, after having confirmed that there is a commercial value, then you can reach out to the investors and see how to scale the company further.
0: We mentioned this that they, the startups ask you, or you ask the startups what you can help them with. Uh, since they're coming in before they've received their first client, is that typically something that you can help them with? Getting their first client, or maybe yeah. the process of getting?
1: And I think that's, uh, that's where uh, our corporate partner network comes into play. So if you want to sell your product to somebody, the this, this somebody will necessarily have to be a company today. <laughs>
0: hopefully hopefully
1: (laughs) so it's already there Uh, so that's why we have been working on uh, setting up a network of uh, existing corporations who are out there and who are curious about how they can engage in early early phase technology uh, where that early phase technology will be relevant for their business maybe two or three years ahead so how can they start to play with that technology, or and if they can start to play with it, will they also be able to be the first customer of a new company? And if that happens, that means that we will have a successful next generation private sector of Norway. Yeah. So which is like a win-win-win-win-win <laughs> for <laughs> for all of us. Uh, and, yeah. and that's also, I think, that's what is taking me to work every day, actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It See sounds. Uh, yeah. How long does it take from a startup comes into the building and moving in and saying, planting the flag, here we are, until you can say mission accomplished on the first client? Is there like, do you have oh. data?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we do, or, or we, will, we always we encourage them to think about that. First of all, they are, on, um, they are bootstrapped on, uh, on, on financials, yeah. So uh so they they don't have much time to get that verifi- verification. And if it takes more than 12 to 18 months to get to that first customer after you have moved in with us, then it's time to rethink, you know, should I sell my house? Should I sell my car? Should I divorce from my um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> my spouse oh.
1: or you know, and then we—that's—that's—that's that's, that's the time when we are sitting down with them and saying, you know, you've been here for 18 months, nothing has happened, or you're going sideways. Uh, nobody are willing to pay for for the things you've done. Either you'll need to, you know, to go in a different direction and try again, or or maybe this was not the thing. Yeah. And I think that is that is helpful. Yeah. For everyone, that uh, it shouldn't take more than 18 months in most cases. So you know, some are more scientific driven or more in research and development phases or that kind of companies they are in a, they they have different rules yeah of course. but uh for the more commercial companies, i think twelve to eighteen months from from you moving with us to have your first customer maybe your second and third customer and and also found found the, the next investor or or are on your way to uh to grow the team and uh yeah. and be too big to be with us yeah with that's
0: very exciting and i mean I'm sure that At Startup Lab, because you're working with so early phase startups, you also have some interesting data looking forward in time. You can see kind of trends and based on your data, what kind of scale ups will Oslo and Norway have in the future? Maybe you're saying 18 months to kind of the first client, but looking 18 months ahead after that or even more.
1: Mm I think there are different sectors in Norway that will grow for sure, and who are in transformation, like probably also, of course, oil and oil and gas sector or the energy sector and shipping and marine and uh, and so forth. Uh, at Startup Lab, within our portfolio, we see companies trending towards energy, so more and more on recycling or you know distribution, packaging, battery, and then the other sector which is related is mobility sector so everything about transportation and logistics and uh, yeah how we move around Uh, these are at least two two big areas that we are looking at and also we see quite a few companies within uh, more governmental uh, services Mm -hmm. Interesting. So that will be interesting. Maybe we can make a, you know export company of Altin. or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Let's go for that. I think that would be helpful for many uh, countries out there uh, yeah. anyway. So. We know
0: there are clients. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Talking about a variation of possible clients. Now, you guys have a good mixture or variation of startups as well as ambitious uh, corporations in your network. Some growth companies and entrepreneurs in general might fear uh, being too close up on these corporations in their daily life. In what way does this combination bring value to your network, would you say?
1: First of all, every corporation have their innovation strategy. And the innovation strategy should consist of everything internal. So in internal innovation, which will be more focused around uh, innovation on the core business, and then there should be a, a, an external part of that innovation strategy. So what is it that we don't have competence for inside within the company that we need to reach out to, to the broader network? Yeah. Uh, and that makes sense. So when I, when I have these conversations with our partners, this is how I divide. And I say that the Startup Lab can be one of many activities on your external innovation strategy. We cannot be the only one. Uh, so you cannot put your sticker on the wall at Startup Lab and say we're so innovative because <laughs> you're not. But have you uh, had
0: examples on corporates that have done so? No, no,
1: because we spend a lot of time before signing. Yeah, uh, that I usually I say that if you want to come to Startup Lab, it's just like becoming a member in a fitness center. You can become a member and not go there. Yeah, and I, I guess everyone listening now they will feel that pain <laughs> <laughs> of yeah. having a membership yeah. and they don't go there. <laughs> and it's the same. So if you don't go there, nothing happens. If you go there only once, you know something might happen. If you go there and sit down in the reception area, nothing happens, really. Yeah. You get some energy, but you, know, you didn't really move. So the more you come, the better is your innovation capacity. That's, how we, that's what we think. The more you set yourself in the position of talking to ambitious tech startups, you will get more insights on what is happening on technology. So if you think about a, an example like um, voice technology, I think that could be relevant for you know for many different industries. So how about insurance industry? I'm sure everyone working in that sector would be super curious to know what happened in the car. What were people talking about in the car just before the crash?
0: Yeah.
1: Or the car dealer would like to know how will uh, the voice be able to or what 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 kind of response will the car give to to different voices in the car? Or what about uh, advertising so if i'm last year i think 50 percent of all searches on the internet were done by voice mm. so if yeah. i were searching for epicenter yeah uh how relevant would that search be if i did that with my voice yeah totally exactly. probably irrelevant probably <laughs> yeah or if i were searching for <laughs> telenor or for yeah. uh, i don't know for uh sneakers bars or something so and by having that broad mindset of how that, that technology can be relevant in different industries, it gives lots of opportunities for that startup yeah. and opportunities that they, they didn't see themselves because they normally come from an industry. So they, are, you know, they have already narrowed down their, uh, their opportunities. So we help them to broaden out and by matching them with relevant corporates who are looking for that technology as part of their external innovation strategy Yeah, so here we go. That's the perfect match. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) that's nice. What kind of ratio between the startups and corporates or corporations do you guys find most helpful to ensure the startups succeed with their growth uh, while the corporates learn and accomplish their innovation or uh, external innovation strategy?
1: We have a capacity for around 100 startups at any given time and they are uh, application based and they they come in every week so some are moving in and some are moving out every week yeah which is also giving uh, that flavor to the corporate partners that every time they come there will be something new yeah so they can always learn something new when they come to the fitness center yeah um and then we right now we have uh, 25 partners and they are from totally different industries it's and Telenor and financial services and in uh, insurance and shipping and
0: yeah, nice. oil
1: and gas. And so we have we have them all. Yeah. Uh and then the more I work with them the more the more similar they are. Because they are all facing that, you know, that big question about what is what is the future gonna be like and, yeah. and how do we approach the growth opportunities relevant for our industry. Yeah. Uh, where we are not right now. Yeah. So uh so that they are. They also have a good network in between themselves. That our corporations who are close to us, we we facilitate that they get to know each other and you know can reach out more informal than they normally able to.
0: Yeah. Now, to to summarize and maybe even bring one piece of advice to the table for all the aspiring entrepreneurs out there, in your personal experience, what is I mean to you uh, the winning recipe when creating or wanting to create uh, a new successful growth company?
1: I think that is to prove that they're able to create something uh, with, with limited resources and limited time. So if, the, if, you, if you have that idea or that, you know, that ambition of becoming a founder, think about yourself, what would you be asking if you were the first investor, for instance? Well, the first question you would ask is how much have you achieved with how little and how fast? Yeah. So uh, so think about that and then I don't know of any startups who has uh, had success by a single founder <laughs> at least not in technology. Oh. So found yourself a partner yeah. as soon as possible uh, and then um, never compromise on your product.
0: Thank you, Karjane, for sharing and Now, before we end things, let's give a piece of advice. Is there any advice that you have received in the past, big or small, that you learned from and would like to pass along to our listeners?
1: Well, that will have to be a heartfelt advice. Whenever I've been changing jobs, uh, I've been approaching that, that change with, you know, where can I contribute the most? rather than thinking about where can i learn the most and most of us have a lot to contribute with so we shouldn't worry about that part we should focus much more about you know where where can i learn the most because that will add energy to your everyday working life and it will add value to yourself and to your next challenge so uh, yeah so my my best advice would be to you know focus on where you can learn the most and make sure that you learn something as often as you can
0: yeah And I think that advice goes to all of us, both on a personal level, but also to the companies that we work for.
1: Yes, I agree. So I think
0: it's a great way to finish. Thank you so much for coming to Growth, Karjane.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to our talk with Karjane from Startup Lab. Want to listen to other talks that we've had? Make sure to subscribe to Growth wherever you listen to podcasts.